interesting now that we're going to have a chat to uh, Katrina Anderson uh, because Katrina is one of those behind-the-scene players at uh, the biggest stable here in Victoria, Ma Eustace Racing, and she has a very important role to play, and she joins us this morning to tell us more. Morning, Katrina. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. And yourself? Uh, very well, thank you. Busy busy here in Ballarat. But... Oh, I bet you are. How many horses are you um, monitoring each day? Uh, sort of changes, but yesterday alone we had uh, about 40 horses jump out in Camperdown, and then uh, we also had a few horses jumping out at uh, Cranbourne. So that alongside Warwick Farm, uh, there are a lot of horses, but yeah, we've got a sort of a a good team building in the sports science area, which um, all contribute, so it goes well. So give us a little bit of background about yourself, because you were a high-level athlete yourself, weren't you? Yeah, well, I'm still, still trying, to, trying to make it, but, um, yeah, I've sort of followed running all around the world, really, and um, it sort of led me to Melbourne, and um, then, obviously, uh, this job here, and sort of, trying to bring across um, elements of my own training and, and sports science across to the horses. So what's your, um, what's your discipline? What's your best distance that you're currently training for? Uh, I run 800, so 800. sort of middle distance, which I think sort of um, is quite comparable to horses. How do you combine still trying to be a prof- uh, professional athlete and what your job is with Mark Eustace? Um, well, I'm training every day. I just have had this ongoing Achilles injury, which has sort of stunted my training. But now I get it in around morning and, and after after work. So tell us from a professional athletics career, and we know that area has been uh, at the cutting edge of, of sports science and training. How do you then marry that up with racehorse training? Well, I think there are a lot of aspects of, um, you know, in different sports and contribu- um, crossing over to horses. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just uh, athletes like ourselves. They're very elite athletes. Um, you know, we're always looking to see what other sports are doing and how can we incorporate that into horses. But you sort of have to get creative because it doesn't, you know, there are obviously limitations with horses. They can't talk to us and, you know, they have slightly different um physique and uh, physiology but overall um, there are a lot of elements that we can bring across and that it just sort of comes down to uh, individual individualization you know every horse adapts differently Um, you know they uh, have unique um, attributes whether that's aerobically or physically and you know every feedback that I can uh, give to the trainers it only makes their um, overall picture of that horse uh, better and they can train that horse better. We've seen in recent years there's been genetic testing which can um, determine whether horses are more exposed to become a, a sprinter, a middle distance, or a stayer. So what are the type of tests that you're running on the horses to try and help that process and, and what type of horse they may become? Uh, yeah, we've uh, been genetically testing all of our yearlings. We're probably in our third year of doing genetic testing now. Um, that is a big part of it you sort of can narrow down, you know, sort of looking at um, their precocity and how um, the proportion of fast-twitch muscles to slow-twitch muscles. But then combining that with their um, stride frequency and stride length, so their locomotion characteristics, 
And then on top of that, you also have um, treadmill work where you can get like a good baseline of um, their lactate readings as well, mm. which is also a big aspect to sort of how aerobic, um, how aerobically fit the horses are. And from that, can you determine the distance range that they should be running over um, and how to train them in the lead-up to their um, race careers? Yeah, definitely. I think you can get a pretty um, narrow um, distance range for each horse. And then, I mean, the training doesn't change too much, I don't think. Like, the horses are aerobic animals, whether they're going over 1,200 or 2,400, but obviously uh, horses with um, different action, you know, how efficient and economical they are. Plus it comes down to the individual horse. Some horses can withstand a lot of training with other horses, you know, soundness issues, you know, we've got to sort of monitor their load and um, Mm. train them maybe on different surfaces. But, yeah, we can definitely give the trainers a really... uh, sort of narrow it down the distance, yes. We see it so prevalent now in, in AFL and other elite sports where they use tracking systems of training and in matches to see how far players are running and at what intensity and speeds, and then they build their um, their breaks around that. They say, right, you need to have a, a certain amount of a break at, at X time in every quarter. Is it similar for your training and are you able to off the data say this horse is now ready to win he's at peak fitness where previously it had been pretty much a trainer's eye and feedback from jockeys yeah definitely that you know you have objective data so if you've got a horse that we've got um historical data going back to previous preparations you can sort of pinpoint where they are in their preparation you can use um, reference training, so leading into a big race where they performed well, then we can compare this training to that training. Um, but I think it's really important, and it's made a big difference to the trainers and their decision-making, when a horse perhaps trains poorly, you know, we can answer those questions. Is it a fitness-related mm. um, training, poor training? Is it Does it just come down to fatigue? We just need to back off the horse's um, is it pain? You know, we can look at differences in stride length and stride frequency for that horse. But I know that, um, you know, if you can not necessarily give that horse that last gallop because we can already see they are um, prepared to race well, you know, it's, you're not going to the point where you're overtraining. So I think it does, it's like fine-tuning fine the training where you're not necessarily putting in another gallop in when you don't need to or perhaps the other way and we're pushing the race back because we don't think they're quite there yet. Well, Kieran Maher and, and Dave Uses have become renowned as one of the best um, trainers of, of of endurance athletes, the stayers, like Gold Trip at the Melbourne Cup, but also being able to get them fit to win at staying distances without many runs, like Hitotsu when he came through and won the derby. Is that because of this science and training method makes that easier to do? Yeah, it definitely goes a long way and it gives the trainers confidence uh, where the horses are at and how they're responding to the training. Uh, Also, being able to uh, make changes where necessary because we can uh, pick up, you know, small changes in perhaps the underlying issues and sort of establishing that early and not waiting until it is a problem. 
Um, but, yeah, I think Karen and David are so forward with, you know, doing things differently. They're not afraid to try things that haven't been done before. And I think that's why they're, they're so good. Speaking with Katrina Anderson, who's the head of sports science at Ma Eustace Racing, who's the most aerobically gifted horse that you've done um, studies on or your tests on? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, obviously, uh, horses like Gold Trip have always been impressive um, aerobically. We've got... Um, I, I always thought... Um, we've even got sprinters that are aerobically gifted. You know, they've always had good recovery. Mm. Um, Vermentino, who performed really well in his first couple of starts. Um, Croatia has continued to improve. Um and we've got a few, like Ascension as well. I think he's very aerobically gifted. Um, and I think he'll continue to improve as he um, trains in, over in Australia. What's easier for you to track a, a star sprinter like a Coolangatta or a, a, a stayer like Gold Trip? I would say a stayer like Gold Trip. Yeah. Sometimes the sprinters can be a bit more difficult to, to monitor how they're going, especially the highly strung horses, very individual, so... You sort of get a, a good gauge on each horse um, for their own recovery, and you can sort of compare that back to itself. But um, yeah, we're sort of continuing to improve our understanding of the data and finding um, insights from. Uh, so they're no longer just uh, numbers per se. Uh, we've got a really good team um, in uh, our Melbourne office. Josh does a great job of making my life easier. Um, and we're sort of yeah, looking for new research projects, um, reaching out to different universities. We did a, a really interesting study alongside Nottingham University, looking at um, locomotion profiles, uh, looking at stayers and sprinters. And, yeah, so we're always looking for, to learn more. And um, I think in five years' time, we'll, have, um, be, uh, we'll be closer and closer to sports science and uh, other sports. I was going to ask you, where is this going and, and what's the, the aim? Yeah, we're always looking for um, improved methods of training. You know, Karen's always been a big a big advocate of why. You know, we're doing this, but why? Is there a reason? Mm. Um, and so the great thing about doing research is you do one element of um, research and it just opens up a whole new lot of questions. You see an interesting... Um, piece of data from one horse here and then sort of you think oh if that tells me this then perhaps we can look into this element of training can we correlate the lactates and the stride frequency and that you know and it's just we've got so much data here and um, yeah if we can combine with uh, different universities um, I think we'll only get uh, a clearer picture of what this data is actually telling us it's fascinating and as well as um performance it's also as you mentioned um a great tool to have for horse welfare because you can detect potential issues before they become really nasty yeah and we've had um quite a few um early detections where you know we've been able to tell the trainers of oh, this horse i don't think the horse is quite right whether it's recovery or action related um, we can detect arrhythmias on our heart rate monitors. Uh, so, yeah, we've definitely been able to um, promote uh, animal welfare, uh, which obviously is always a good thing 
in racing, especially in this sort of time that we're in. Well, uh, Katrina, the results speak uh, all languages when it comes to racing. So um, can you use your sports science data and your analysis to help us out with a winner or a horse to follow? Uh, well, we've had two recently that have just had their first starts, which definitely horses to follow, and that's in DC and Kundalini. Mm. Uh, they've both horses with beautiful action, uh, very economical, but I think they'll only improve in time because they're going to strengthen. They'll be actually able to utilise that big action. Um, but they're both two horses going the right way. Uh, we've got Ruthless Dane coming back this week who has um, come back from... Uh, she was quite sick at the end of her last prep, so that was the horse that we had to really monitor and make sure that she was handling all of her training, but I think she's come back in very good order. She's in a uh, strong race on Thursday, but I think she's very tough and will continue to improve. Um and one to, I think, is racing in the next week or maybe two weeks, and that's Vigneron. He had a really impressive jump out yesterday, so that's a, that's an early early one for you. I like that one. So tell me that the name of that one again. It's Vigneron. Vigneron. Okay. All right. We'll write yeah. that down. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how's the uh, the Cup winner come back from all of your um, analysis? Yeah, he's got, he's going great. He's sort of just ticking along at the moment, but he wears the tracker every day, so I can see exactly what he's doing. And, um, yeah, but at the moment he's handling all the work while he's sound. He's happy. He looks great. Uh, well, great to catch up, Katrina, and uh, we'd love to talk to you um, when we get deeper into the spring, uh, the autumn carnival, I should say, just to um, touch base. And we might even do a little OB when we come down to one of uh, Kieran and Dave's stables. It'll be fascinating to follow you around. It's a, an area where it seems like it's only going to get bigger uh, in racing, and that is this sports science aspect. So it's been great to have a chat to you this morning. Thank you. Katrina Anderson, the head of sports science for Mark Eustace Racing. No surprise, VC, uh, the two-year-old to follow. And